Hey guys, my name's Anthony, this is Miriam Fleming. We're the senior pastors of Church Alive in New Jersey. Welcome to our YouTube channel. We so hope that every time you come and have a listen, that you would experience a fresh, real, and powerful encounter with God. Hey, why don't you subscribe right now and share this with your friends. We hope you have a great day. God bless you. My name is Andrew. And my name is Verlani. So excited to have you guys join us on Palm Sunday. Absolutely. And if it's your first time joining us, you can fill out this Connect card. But you probably can't because you're at home right now. So you can text Connect 7 to 97000. Yeah. And we would love to continue to connect with you guys online this Friday at 8 p.m. for our Good Friday service. And you can also connect with us on Easter Sunday, which is happening April 12th. And you can join us for six services. That's going to be happening at 9 a.m., 1030. 12 p.m., 1.30, 6 p.m., 7.30, six services. And with that, I think we're gonna start service, so let's get ready, let's get to our feet, and let's get excited. Yeah, enjoy the service. Stay safe, friends. Hey, my name is Jasmine. My name is Marta. And we're the Kids Alive directors here at Church Alive. We're so excited to be having Kids Alive online. Make sure to check your emails this week for the lessons and the videos that you can share together as a family. If you don't get them, text Kids Alive to 97000. We can't wait to see you guys. Stay tuned. Bye. Search the world, but it couldn't fill me. A man's empty praise, treasures the fate I'm never enough. And you came along and put me back together. Now satisfied, here in your love, and there's nothing better than you. Oh, there's nothing better than you. Oh, there's nothing, nothing is better. And I'm not afraid to show you my weakness, my failures and flaws. You've seen them all, still call me friend. Cause the God of the mountain is the God of the 
welcome again to Church Alive Online. Hope you guys are doing great. My name is Katie, I'm a pastor on team here, and we're gonna continue to worship God with our giving today. There's so many different ways that you can give. They're gonna come up on your screen. You can text to give, you can give online, you can also give using our app. And I wanted to encourage us today with Hebrews 11, verse one. It says, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. It's confidence in what we hope for and what we do not see. So even though sometimes what we see may not be what we want, maybe what we see right now may not look the best to us, but we know that even though what we see might not look good right now, we know it can be great because we know that our God is great. So even though we can't see everything we want to, Faith is knowing, being sure, being confident that God is doing something through it. You know, if you've ever had a small child and you've tried to play a game with them where you take away a toy and they're looking at it and you try to hide it. If they're really small, sometimes when you do that, they freak out, they start crying. Why? Because they don't realize that you still have it because they can't see it anymore. But as they get older, their brain develops and they understand even though they can't see it, they know that you still have it. Like if you hit it behind your back, they start to actually play, joke, try to get the toy. Cause as they've grown, they now can understand, even though I can't see the toy, I know that person still has the toy. Even though I can't see it, I know we still own it. And that's the same thing when it comes to our faith, that even if I can't see it right now, I know that God still holds the whole world in his hand. I know that he still has everything, even though I can't see it. I know that as I give, as we honor God with our finances, he's doing things in the unseen. He's doing the supernatural. And as we give today, our giving is going towards bringing hope to those who really need hope right now. Our giving is so important during this time because it's bringing hope, it's supplying needs, it's helping people that need that help. And so as we give today, let's believe God for even more than what we can see right now. Let's believe that God is doing something supernatural during this time, that people are gonna come to know Him, that people are gonna have every need met and even over and above what they need. So as we give today, let's believe together and know that God is doing just so many amazing things during this time. So let's pray right now as we give. Father, we worship you. Father, we thank you, Lord. We thank you for everything that you're doing in this time. We thank you for the seen. We thank you for the unseen, Lord. We lift up our offering to you. Father, we honor you today with our giving, Lord, and we thank you for everything you're gonna do in and through this giving. We thank you for every person who's gonna be touched by it. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, welcome to every single person watching online. It's a real honour to come into your home, whether you're in the state of New Jersey or the States of America or far beyond that. Man, it's so honoured that you take some time out of your life and listen. And I believe God has something for you uh, today. God has something for you in the challenge. God has something for you in the unique situation and time that we live in right now. You know, last week we began 
The last couple of weeks we began to talk about contagious, that obviously there's so many different things we can catch right now that are contagious, but God actually wants you to be contagious. And, and last week we talked about that God wants you to be confident, confident in Him. And we do that by hearing actually a particular word in our particular season. I just pray that this word would be a particular word in your particular season of life that whether you're a religious person or not, or you're, you're checking it out for the very first time, that it'll just speak to you the way you need it. I wanna talk about this thought today on this Palm Sunday, God's agenda versus your agenda. God's agenda versus your agenda. We are in what is considered in the Christian faith, Holy Week. Holy Week is the time a week before the death the crucifixion, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The Gospel writers, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, spend most of the information and the chapters that they write down, most of their time is spent in this last week of really Jesus' life. And I've been going through myself, the Gospel of John recently, and John really spends almost 50% of his time in this last week. And before I get into the message, let me pray for you that God will give you something particular in this particular season of your life. Father, I just pray right now in the name of Jesus that you would speak in the way that only you can. Would you take a word? Would you take a thought? Lord, would you make it turn into life and, and true bread that feeds the soul? I pray, Lord God, for difficult situations. Lord, those dealing with any sickness, I speak the name of Jesus over sickness and disease. I just believe, Lord God, that You are healing people even now. And I just pray You'd release faith and peace into their hearts and into their lives in the name of Jesus. And if you believe it, you can say, Amen. I know I won't hear you, but I think I'll hear it from afar. So I wanna to talk to you today about God's agenda verse your agenda. What's interesting about the Gospel of John is that it lacks actually the teaching that a lot of the other Gospels have. Matthew, who was a tax collector, he's an accountant, cares, you can tell about the details. He has the, the Beatitudes, the, the Sermon on the Mount, the teaching on prayer, the teaching on fasting, the parable of the sower, the parable of the, the talents of the Kingdom of Heaven. There's Matthew's Gospel is a teaching Gospel. But what I want you to point out for a moment and what I want to point out to you is this, is that John, who is known as the disciple who is closest to Jesus, he actually really focuses on one thing. There's 21 chapters, but he focuses the most on one thing, and that is the identity of who Jesus is. If you're going to get one thing from the Gospel of John, you're going to get that this is no unique teacher, this is no just ordinary person that, that taught some nice principles. No, you are going to get challenged with the very claims of Jesus Christ. In many ways, the Gospel of John could be referred to as the great I Am book. If you rewind all the way back to Moses, Moses tending his father-in-law's sheep, Jethro, and he's leading them around the mountain. And then he has this encounter with God. God shows up to him in a burning bush. And he says, Moses, Moses, and, and take off your shoes. And Moses begins to draw near to God. And, and he receives an assignment from heaven. 
And he is to go to the children of Israel and he is to say, listen, I'm going to, by the power of God, I'm going to set you free. And he says to God this unique phrase. He says, God, when I say who sent me, who do I tell them that you are? And Moses, he is God say, it is the I am that I am is sending you. I am what you need me to be, Israel. And in so many ways, the gospel of John is that representation. It could be called the gospel of the great I am because he begins to reveal his identity to them over and over again. He literally uses the phrase, I am speaking and referencing himself to God Almighty eight different times. This is why, if we're honest, Jesus is such a controversial figure. He cannot just be a good teacher. He cannot just be someone who had nice principles and taught people to love one another. No, the Gospel of John reveals us so clearly that Jesus was either crazy, was a liar, or He was exactly who He claimed to be. And that was the Son of the living God. In John chapter 1, just in in chapter 1, Jesus is referred to nine different titles. He's referred to as the Word. He's referred to as God. In John chapter 2, He's the miracle worker that turns water into wine. In John 3, He's God's Son sent into the world to rescue the world from its sin. In John 4, He's the living water that satisfies. In John 5, He's the Son of God who will literally give life to all who believe on Him. In John 6, He's the bread of life that comes down from heaven that satisfies. In John 7, He's the Christ. In John 8, He is the light of the world. In John 9, He's the Son of God who gives sight to the blind. And in John 10, it is packed with who Jesus is. He says, I am the good shepherd. I am the door. I am the gate. And then when he says his last and perhaps one of his biggest final claims in John 10 verse 30, he says, I and the Father are one. And when he says that, the disciples, sorry, the the Pharisees of that time literally pick up rocks and they go to stone him. Why do I lay out all these facts? I lay out these facts because there is a tension with Jesus. There is a tension with Jesus that He would do something radical. He would heal the blind. He would would feed the 5,000. He would do miracles. And then at the back of those miracles, He would say a radical statement about Himself that most of the time people would get upset with Him. See, Jesus was not crucified because He told people to love their neighbour. Jesus was crucified because His claims challenged the Pharisees and the Sadducees so badly that they just couldn't hear it anymore. But let me give you this statement about Jesus. When you do what no one has ever done, you can say what no one has ever said before. Let me say it again. When you do what no one has ever done before, you can say what no one has ever said. This leads us to John chapter 11, perhaps Jesus' most radical miracle. Lazarus has been dead for not four minutes, not four hours, not even 24 hours. He has been dead for four days. And the Jewish people at that time are having literally a funeral. There is no hope for him. There's no one doing CPR. There's no medical uh, part of the medical community hoping that he can be revived. No, he is dead as a doornail. And Jesus shows up 
to the funeral and he doesn't even walk into the tomb. He doesn't lay hands on him. There's no lotion, there's no potion, there's no CPR equipment. He literally just shouts to him, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man literally walks out of a tomb and the Jews literally mind blown. They freak out. And the Bible says this, in John chapter 11, verse 30, 45, therefore many of the Jews had come to visit Mary and had seen what Jesus did. They believed in Him. And this is why I led all the way up to this. This is why Palm Sunday was such a worship fest. This is why Palm Sunday, when He walks into Jerusalem at this time, this is why they go nuts because He has been saying some absolutely radical claims But then in John chapter 11, when he raises Lazarus from the dead, they literally go, this man has to be who he claimed to be. And this is where we pick up the text on Palm Sunday, John chapter 12, verse 12. The Bible says this, the next day the crowd that had come for the festival heard that Jesus was on His way to Jerusalem. They took palm branches and they went out to meet Him, shouting, Hosanna. Blessed is He who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the King of Israel. Jesus found a young donkey who'd actually two of the disciples had gotten for Him and He sat on it. As it is written, verse 15, Do not be afraid, daughter of Zion. See your King is coming, seated on a donkey's colt. I want to focus in on two words or the meaning of that one word, Hosanna, which has two distinct meanings. Hosanna means praise. And what are they doing? They are literally praising Jesus. They are adoring Jesus. And I kind of think of it as someone was the first one to start praising Jesus. Someone got the palm branch first and they start literally praising. And I want you to see the power of you praising Jesus because when you start praising Jesus, others will go alongside you and they will begin to praise. And when people praise Jesus, they begin to see Him as He truly is. They are saying, we praise you as the King. But here's what they're also saying. They're saying, save us. They are literally saying, save us from our current situation. You see, at that time, if you're not familiar with it, the Jewish people, they live in Israel, they live in Jerusalem, but Rome basically rules over them. They don't have a king, they don't have a president, they don't have a prime minister. They are living in their state, in their nation, but they are oppressed. And when they see Jesus coming on a donkey, they are literally like, man, He's gonna be the next king. He's literally gonna save our current situation. He's gonna fix our current situation. I don't know about you, but I kind of would like this current situation to be over. I want to go to a restaurant. I want to see friends. I want to, I just, on my way here today, I bumped into a friend and I stopped my car and we talked for a little bit. We didn't hug, we didn't handshake. We didn't do none of those things. Why? Because of the current situation. And some of you may be dealing with this better than others are dealing with this. And you're fine, you're peaceful, you're good. Others are kind of a little bit stir crazy. You're just like, man, I need this current situation to be over. And a lot of your prayers may be about that. Oh God, fix this current situation. That was the Jewish people at that time. They were saying, Jesus, fix this current situation. During this last week of isolation, my wife and I haven't been super well. The house has felt 
actually a bit sick and, and um, re- literally today is the best I felt. And just a couple of days ago, we were starting to be like, man, we're getting over it. Things are good now. And I promise you, my little daughter, Hope, walks up to us and is like, Daddy, my belly's sore. And then she runs to the bathroom, literally throws up. Three minutes later, my son does the exact same thing. He goes to the bathroom, he throws up. And my wife and I look at each other and we're like, Hosanna, okay? Save us from this current situation that we are in. You know, the current situation isn't great. The current situation is limiting. The current situation is kind of depressing in some ways. But I want to tell you this, that God's desire, God's agenda was bigger than their current situation. God's desire, God's heartbeat for them superseded their current situation. He was looking past their current situation. He was looking past what they really wanted Him to fix. He was looking past it and He was looking not just to the urgent, but to the all important. You see, He had come to fix the most important situation. He had come to fix the the gap between God and man itself. He had come to die for the sins of the world. He wasn't concerned just about some virus. He wasn't just concerned about some sickness. Though I believe that God empathizes with our situations because wherever Jesus went, He healed situations, He fixed problems. But you've got to understand that God's desire was actually far bigger than their current situation. He wanted to fix their eternal situation. His heart for them, catch this now, was bigger than what they desired for themselves. And I want to suggest to you today that sometimes our desires, sometimes our prayers are actually too small. God has bigger things for us than just fixing our current situation. I would even say to you today that Our current situation may be the greatest blessing in your life right now because out of this current situation, God gets your actual attention. See, I think in, I'm 42 years old, I think in 40 years from now, I can look back and we can tell stories about the virus that happened in 2020 and how we could tell it to our grandkids that, man, there was this time and you couldn't go anywhere. You couldn't do anything. You were literally limited. It'll be one of those stories. It'll be a, a 9-11 moment. We'll always remember this moment. It is one of those defining moments in life. But more than that, could it be that you will look back and you will tell the story that though that was bad, And though I did not enjoy it, and though it felt like, man, I got to get out, I got to see some people, I got to get around some people, what actually happened in me, what God did in me was He shifted me away from my agenda to His agenda. And I got to tell you, His agenda was way better than my agenda. You see, in this praise party that's actually happening, the Jewish people are praising Jesus and He's on the donkey and they're waving the palm trees and they're worshipping But here's the interesting thing. They are worshipping Him for what He can currently do for them. They think He's going to fix their current situation. But He wants to fix far more than that. And the disciples, they're along for the ride. They're not even really sure. The Bible says that later it was that they understood this moment. But I want you to see this. There's a third party in this kind of worship service happening on Palm Sunday. There's the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And they are so committed to their own agenda their own plans, their own power, their own 
tradition, their own way of doing and thinking. And, and, and they're like, Jesus is going to mess this all up. That the greatest miracle, one of the greatest miracles that's ever, ever been done before, literally happened in front of their eyes. And what, they, what can they do? Or what do they want to do? They literally want to kill Jesus and Lazarus. The Bible actually goes on to say, in John chapter 12, verse 10, so the chief priests made plans to kill Lazarus as well. For on account of him, many of the Jews were going over to Jesus and believing in him. Can you imagine this? The greatest miracle that's ever been done in the Gospels, the greatest one to ever be done is done right in front of their eyes. But they're so committed to their own agenda, their own plans, their own power, their own lifestyle, that God Himself is literally in front of them performing miracles and they can't see it. It demonstrates to me the power and the danger of our own agenda. And I just wanna say to you today, this COVID-19 crisis, it's bad. Let's pray that it ends quickly. But I wanna say to you today, if you'll drop your agenda and pick up God's agenda, this crisis could be maybe one of the best things that ever happens to you because it'll be at a time when you stopped just being obsessed with your own power, your own plans, your own agenda. And all of a sudden you allow Jesus to open your eyes so that you can see Him as He truly is. Be careful you don't desire something so bad that if God was to mess it up, you would do anything to make it happen. I remember hearing this story a number of years ago. It was a story of a man that was in his house and there was a flood coming and people got on the radio, people got on the TV and said, listen, you need to, you need to leave this area. The flood is going to come. It's going to be very bad. And and he was praying, God, I pray that you would save me. And he doesn't listen to the radio, doesn't listen to the TV. And later the, the tide is rising and a boat comes by and, and says, sir, you got to get in the boat. Literally, it's going to rise and go above your house. He says, no, I'm fine. Leave me alone. I'm praying that God sends me a sign. Later, he's, he's literally standing on his roof and the, and the water has raised to up to the tip of the roof and a helicopter comes on by and he says, man, get in the helicopter. This is the last saving device. He says, no, God Himself is going to save me. And all of a sudden the helicopter leaves and it wasn't too much longer, a couple of hours later, that the water rises well above the house and all of a sudden he's taken away. He dies and he goes to heaven. He said, God, I thought you were going to save me. I thought you were going to help me. He says, I sent you the person in the car. I sent you the person in the boat. I sent you the person in the helicopter. You just didn't listen. See, he had an agenda. And his agenda was so, so narrow in focus that God himself was trying to get him out of that place. And I want to tell someone today, could it be that the best thing that happens to you is this virus because your priorities might have to change, your, your focus might have to change, what you've put your confidence on might have to change. It, it literally might have rattled what your what your, who's your provider? You're like, man, my job's been so good to me and, and, and your sole focus is success. But God says, no, 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 let me, let me have your agenda.
I want to tell you, as a young man, 18, 19 years old, I, I gave God my agenda many years ago. At the time, I really didn't have one. I felt like I was purposeless. I felt, felt like I, I lacked meaning. And I began to pray this simple prayer, God, do you have something for me? Within the next six months, it felt like God had shifted my environment, shifted my friends, and, and the touch of the Holy Spirit had really come upon my life. The presence of God was made real to me. And I had my agenda but I'm telling you right now that God's agenda is better than your agenda. And I want to tell you today that in that worship service, there's some people praising Jesus. There's some people though who were getting mad that Jesus was getting praised because they were so committed to their own agenda. Would you literally humble your heart? Would you humble your heart? And would you give God your agenda? We say, God, I don't even know what your agenda looks like for my life. Let me tell you, I know it's good. I know it's full of grace. I know it's full of mercy. I know it's, it's full of the goodness of God because that's who God is. It may be different from your current agenda, but why don't you give God your agenda and let Jesus be lifted high and let Jesus' name be lifted and honoured in your heart and in your mind and the presence of God will begin to change your life. I laid down my agenda many years ago, but I've often found I have to lay it down again. Look, if you're a Christian today and you have your agenda, can you lay down your agenda again? You'd be like, God, when, when, when this virus is over, when this time is over, I believe it could be the greatest time of a moving of God in the hearts and lives of so many people. I'm so excited to do church again, whenever that might be. I'm telling you right now, if you enjoy watching it online, you're gonna love coming to this place because there's so much life when you get around the people of God. But I wanna tell you, you need to drop your agenda. You gotta drop your agenda. His agenda, it supersedes your agenda. His desire for you actually supersedes your desire even for yourself. His love is so strong for you that His desire for your life is bigger than the prayers you're praying right now and even the worship that you're having perhaps right now. He wants to look supersede your agenda. His desire is so strong for you, so big for you. Come on all across this place. I want to pray for you. As you're watching this online, why don't you close your eyes? Just as a sign of surrender, you can open your palms to heaven just as a simple act of surrender to God, surrendering your agenda and taking on His agenda in your life. Father, I thank You for every man, every woman, every family represented who's watching right now. I pray for them today. I pray in the mighty Name of Jesus, God, that You would begin to reveal Your agenda to them, that they would be a contagious faith carrying person that follows after you with all their heart. I pray, Lord God, where they just are so convinced that their agenda and their plan and their purposes are better, that that, that would be shown to be not true. Holy Spirit, speak to each of them the way they need it. God, use this time, use this time to strengthen men, strengthen women, strengthen families, strengthen young people with your purpose. If you're watching online today, right here, right now, and you've never actually surrendered your full heart to Jesus Christ, He loves you. He has a plan for your life. 
He came down 2,000 years ago, but His Holy Spirit is alive and active on planet Earth today. And He may be drawing you right now. You literally feel like, man, for some reason, I need to pray today. I, I feel like I need to come closer to God. That will be the Holy Spirit drawing you right here and right now. He'll knock on the door of your heart. He, he doesn't bust in. He literally, like a gentleman, He knocks for you to answer, for you to kind of respond by faith. And I'm going to pray for you if you've never received Jesus or you know many years ago you did, but you seem to have lost your faith. You seem to have kind of given it all up. You, you kind of felt like, oh, those people are hypocrites or this isn't real. Or you got disappointed because some prayer didn't get answered or the way you needed it or you thought you needed it. And maybe just different things became, they became more tempting, more alluring. I want you to come back today. I want you to come back to the Father today. Come on, we're gonna pray this prayer together. Say, Jesus, thank you that you love me died on the cross for me. And right now, I surrender my heart to you in your mighty name. From this day forward, may I follow you. Help me drop my agenda and pick up your agenda for my life. Thank you, Jesus, for loving me enough to call me when I wasn't even looking for you. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Those of you that prayed that prayer, would you let us know by emailing us or contacting church at churchalive.tv. You can email us and we'll send you a free resource that's gonna help you um, take next steps of faith. And God bless you so much. If this has been a blessing to you, share it on social media. Um, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. Man, we'll be bringing more content and more teaching, more empowering messages into your homes. And man, can't wait until we can meet um, in person. But until that time, let's stay connected. God bless you. Thank you so much for watching. Hey guys, thank you so much for joining us with Church Alive online pray you were so so blessed today if this was the first time you prayed that prayer with us and you placed your faith in jesus for lord and savior of your life we want to send you a gift all you need to do is text connect seven to the number 97,000, and we'll send you this book following jesus in the mail hey don't forget to subscribe and yes. also share it with a friend who needs a, a little encouragement a little hope in this time yeah god see bless you, you guys see ya